5-4-3-2-1. Hello and welcome to the Agency Podcast. Eugene here in Toronto. And Candy, your agent in Clarksville, Tennessee. Clarksville again. Yeah, I'm still here. Excellent. How's that going? It's going. I'm working my butt off. Um, painting cupboard doors. I had them all off today. Set up on sawhorses in the garage and outside. You know, I have to paint them with enamel first and uh, using a roller and a brush and laying them out and trying to keep it very smooth. I'm just priming them and then we'll make a decision on what color they're going to be in a couple of days. It all depends on whether they have to tear off the floor or keep the floor. Oh, I see. How, how will they determine that? Um, depending on the condition of the plumbing and the floor, there's new plumbing going in today. And so there's guys working in the basement or the crawl space. Uh, it's not a basement. That's too generous a term. In the crawl space. And you know what? Clarksville is very hot. I'm melting here. It's really yeah. hot. Yeah. Very warm. Warm and humid. And it was like 90 all last week. Wow. Well, that would be 30 for um, everyone else. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. So um, it's beautiful weather. It is gorgeous. And we're right by a river. So there's a lot of fog in the mornings and what the river trees, is it um it's thank you for asking i think it's called the cumberland oh ah, i wonder if that goes through cumberland gap i think it does i knew you were uh, gonna ask me that too well because <laughs> it's meant, uh it's like one of the most famous old time right. songs there is cumberland gap i meant to research it before i talked to you but uh, i was very busy cramming in my work today and i wanted to watch it a movie and I wanted to kind of get caught up and see what was going on. I just had a big plate of nachos that my client made for us. So that was pretty yummy. What have you been up to? Well, you know, I haven't been doing a lot of things except I have been doing my research for this podcast. Oh, good for you. I'm glad so, someone has. Glad uh, yeah. Someone so has we, we've, we've been doing lots of watching. Yeah. Good. Um, and aside from that, I've just been, been um, playing a ton of fiddle. Yeah. Uh, really a lot. Like, two, three hours a day and uh, trying to improve on that. And uh, on on the weekend, um, the little combo we have with Sheila and Ted yes. and me yes. uh, played at Tree Fest. Fantastic. How did yeah. that go? Um, well, you know, there were ones and twos of our adoring fans out there in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and we were the... Um, I would have been there if I could have... We, we we were like the the fill in while the um, while the uh, the cover the cover band uh, took a break. Okay, what were they covering? Uh, you know, pop stuff and pop stuff you, from like a dad and, band. And if you play Cumberland Gap, isn't that also a cover band? <laughs> or if you play, yeah, um, it's it's way undercover though. Way, yeah. way, way undercover. Oh, way undercover. Okay, but you know what I mean. You're playing um, often traditional music. Yes, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't um, being derogatory about. about <laughs> I didn't think I said you they were. were a dad band. I was putting it into time and space. <laughs> well, actually, I, I wasn't thinking that you were. I was just trying to show a commonality. <laughs> well, I, I like all kinds of folk music. I know you do. I know. <laughs> so we. Um, we rushed right out to see uh, to see the many saints of Newark. Right. Did you get out well, to see it yet? 
I did. So we went out last night and we thought, well, I know, let, we, 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 I've got a pass to the movie theater. So I thought, oh, let's use this pass. My client, my friend came with me, Karen, and off we go. We're going to get to the 730 show, but we've got lots of time. Let's go get some turnip greens and a baked potato at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Cracker Barrel is like a restaurant on the highway. <laughs> yeah. And um, anyway, so off we go. Okay, this is going to be exciting. In fact, it was a fantastic dinner at Cracker Barrel, and I did just find out that they serve wine. So I had a sparkling wine, and I had a Chardonnay. And with my baked potato, it was the greatest baked potato I've had in a long time. <laughs> I had no idea that the Cracker Barrel was a licensed establishment. I didn't know it either, but I was sitting there and I thought, I'm just going to look around. I'm looking frantically on the menu, nothing. And then I noticed off to the side, there was a little tiny drink menu. And I was like, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and we did some shopping after dinner for some treats. They always have really good candy. So we got Twizzlers and stuff to go to the movie theater. Um, because I don't eat popcorn. Gives me a stomachache. So off we go. And we drove up and down the strip of shopping malls and everything. The GPS could not find the theater. That's All I can is. say is it's long gone. And it's an AMC. I am very glad that I took my anti-capitalist bid on the stock exchange. And got some shares and sold them high. And AMC is closed. And you close them. <laughs> I close them. And um, they are not there. So what you're saying and is there was an international conspiracy stopping you from seeing this movie. Right. So what I did was I got home last night and I thought, well, I'm pretty sure HBO Max is playing it. Yes. And I can get it up on my computer. So then I get on my computer and I have HBO at home. But I thought it's worth it for the podcast to talk to Eugene. I'll subscribe to HBO Max. I probably could watch this at home. So off I do, I subscribe as $10 a month. Okay, whatever. And I get onto the TV. We sync the TV with my, my um, account. Won't let me play the many saints of Newark. At that point, we just give up. I don't know. It said um, account not viable or something. It wasn't the right um, subscription. I had to pay the $15 amount well, of course. per month. But So I was too tired at that point and maybe tired from the short day. <laughs> So we watched an episode of Outlander and I, it was the most stressful episode of Outlander ever. I, I watched the first couple of seasons when it came out and I love it. And I read the books a long time ago. I don't know anything was, about it at all. Outlander is an amazing time travel bodice ripper. And um, it's got like a, a bodice ripper, you know, where you have the passionate hot man and he sacrifices himself for the Oh, love got people. it. Got it. I totally and get it. Yeah. They rip off their, 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 their chest. I've never heard that term before. A oh, bodice ripper. <laughs> That's the most bizarre term. Not at all. It's probably pretty common. Really? <laughs> I'm dying. Okay, listeners, here. listeners, if you have ever used the term <laughs> bodice ripper in conversation, please send us an email to theagency.podcast at gmail.com. Well, I want to know. You know, it gets very, your, your loins get very steaming and you have to rip off your uh, your chest <laughs> clothing, you know, either your your bodice or your over large folk. Got it. Yeah. So anyway, it, but this was a particularly disturbing segment of Outlander. Oh, it was like torture and rape. It was so horrible. Anyway, I woke up this morning and I thought maybe I'll try again for the torture and rape of the Sopranos. <laughs> So I did find out that I had to do the $15 subscription and immediately up comes the many saints of Newark. 
So I did watch it. So you did watch it. I did watch wow, it. Wow, you really I took this one for, you. for the team, did didn't you? Pardon? You really took one for the team. I'm impressed. I did take one for the team. I really did. I do it every time you suggest a movie. I pretty much have to rent it because I don't have the same services that you do. So I see. when you watch a movie, I usually order it on Amazon. Well, just make me feel guilty. Why don't you? <laughs> no, just if I suggest a movie, watch it. <laughs> okay. So did you like this oh, one? I absolutely loved it. I, I loved it. I knew it. it. I knew it. You didn't okay, like go it, ahead. Go ahead. I thought I'd give it a 6.5 out of 10. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to give it a 9 for sure. 9 for sure. Okay. Yeah. So um, so, so tell our listeners a little bit about it and uh, tell us why why it's worth a 9. Well, well, first of all, I thought it was going to be a universal story, and I thought anyone could watch it. And so I'm kind of glad in a way we didn't see it in the theater last night because I don't know if Karen would have liked it. I think it's only for someone who is really into the characters of the Sopranos. Well, that's a good point. I don't know if it uh, stands on its own or not. I, I, I'd have to find out from somebody who didn't watch The Sopranos and just came out. But so much of the movie depended on the tension of either trying to figure out who was who. Yes, and then the knowing first. what happens to them in the future. Correct. And I didn't like the... the um, I didn't like the voiceover of it being a ghost story at first. I, oh, I like the voice the, of, of Christopher? It was yeah, funny, I, though. I guess it was. Was it funny? I thought it was funny. Okay. Yeah, I guess it was. Maybe I wasn't, I didn't see the humor in that when I saw it. But there was a lot of humor in this, I will say. I mean, um, Junior was hilarious. I, I, I thought it was, I thought Junior the most humorous thing was hiring Ray Liotta for another gangster movie and giving him two parts. I thought that was brilliant. I thought that was <laughs> awesome. It was I thought hilarious. he was the worst. I, I enjoyed him. I, but I'm a big fan of his in the past, but I, I really enjoyed him in that. But he was not the strongest part of the movie. I think for me, the strongest part of the movie was, you know, we talked about this last week, how they really worked on making Tony Soprano sympathetic. They did the same thing in this this movie, too. And I'm not going to be fooled this time. You know, um, I watched, but I watched I, I watched with one eye open because I know who he is. And yes, it was a tragic story. He, you know, his father figures were all screwed up. I get it. Um, but I still, he's still a bad kid. He was bad even as a kid. Well, yeah. You, you know, part, part of the problem I had with the film is yeah. that young Gandolfini yep. has more charisma in, in a glance than Uncle Dickie and the rest of them have with all their acting talent. Put I together. agree. I, I mean, really, he has, he is really has something. I don't he know really, what it is. He really but did. But there's something really compelling about that. Kid. And actually the child actor that played him younger even was extremely good. Yes. He did some faces that I was like, did they force him to do that? Or do you just watch Tony Soprano? I mean, he was spot on of like a, of a gestures. It was weird. Um, but the, but his son, brilliant. What an incredible role. And I hope he enjoyed doing it. And I hope he liked to honor his father in that way. You know, it's very, he was so good. Now, the guy that plays Chris, Christopher's father, I thought he was very good, actually. Really? I thought yeah. he was just mediocre. Right. Like, I, I, I and and as good. a result, I couldn't care less about Uncle Dickie. I couldn't care less about the character. And he, yeah. I don't think he was pulled off in a, in a very effective way. I feel, though, that he wasn't, you know, too much of the movie was about him. And it seemed to be 
on his face in order for us to relate to him. And I thought that was a mistake. I think what I did like about him was I, it was shocking. Okay. I want to remember that the first half hour I thought was incredibly profound. I loved the first half hour where they introduced the um, precedents for um, protesting in the United States and some of the issues I thought it was so beautifully done. I yes, don't know it was good played. that they introduced um, Vietnam, for instance, yes. oh, and that they introduced um, African-Americans. Well, it was weird because then I had to think while I was watching it, were there any African-Americans in the uh, original series? And were there, do you think? I, I can't I remember any. One. I can't remember, but maybe one. I don't think so. So, I mean, this was definitely um, had to be done, but it was also really well done and really compelling. And that actor was amazing. The one who... Um, he was good. It's just that his they, they failed to really integrate that plot stream well enough. Yeah, but I really liked him going with Dickie's wife, and I really liked him. I was really sad. It was like it was like when Sal Dickie's wife her. was something. Well, she was something else, all right. She's gorgeous and and also a real character. So yes. there was, and then the vulnerability when he kills her because it was interesting because I couldn't help but think about when Chris's girlfriend gets killed by Sal. It really triggered that for me. And it took me a long time to realize, oh my God, there were some funny bits about Sal. I didn't realize that was Sal. I don't know what point I did until- Oh, the, until you see the walk. The walk and the bouffant coming off. Yeah. I was so shocked by that, but it was so funny because it was never dealt with in the original series, mm -hmm. but they made it in the prequel. It was so funny. And then what about Polly? Wasn't that Polly in the yellow mustard jacket who said, I just got this? Yeah, I think so. I don't so. know if that was yeah. him. Was it him? Yeah, okay. And I'm going to grant you this. For fans of the, of the series, the relating the characters and the prequel to the series was the most interesting part of it. And yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty good. I and don't think young Gandolfini was really strong. Yeah, I um, don't think it's a strong movie. Like I said, I don't think if you haven't watched The Sopranos, I don't think it's going to be for you. I think it would only be interesting for a Sopranos fan. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's a valid, a valid film. I don't know if you should have put it in the movie theaters, but but why not? I guess it doesn't matter. I would I would have gone to the movie theater last night to watch it. Anything mm -hmm. to do with The Sopranos, I would have watched sure. it last night. Yeah. All of that, I feel like, was really a fan movie. I don't see it as a holding out on its own. But I don't yeah. know. And, don't you know. know, in the end, that's what it, came, it it was to be. And I, you know, normally speaking, I'm very, very jaded about this kind of thing that's yes, related I know you are. to a, a series. And yeah. I suspended that for this one because I really, really, really wanted to see it. But yeah. in the end, it's like, what would happen if Led Zeppelin got back together? How sad would it really be? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? That's yes, the whole problem with, with these things. Yeah, how, and it's that. unfair for the director and the producers to yeah. have to try to overcome that. So in a way, by having all the relationships, um, that's a good, a good way of dealing with it because it just says, this is what it is. It's a fan movie. It's a fan movie. And I, I'm not sure if they, I don't know if they had any other goal from that. And they did an excellent job on that in that way. It was tough to get into the, I mean, they. it was very apparent its aim was to be operatic and I don't think it was. Operatic, um, really? Yeah, way? I think so. The, the tragedy of the murder that he, he couldn't figure out why he was a bad guy and 
he wanted to do good deeds. Yeah, yeah, that, that didn't deeds. carry that off at all. I, I didn't think that was carried off well. Um, I did like it when Ray Liotta wanted Miles Birth of the Cool, though. I thought that was funny. That was very funny. I yeah, mean, there were funny. moments. There, there were, were moments. definitely some moments. And um, and I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it, but I, that's why I say I thought it was a six and a half because I didn't think it would stand on its own either. I, I don't right. think we're actually that far apart in our assessment of it. I don't think so either. And I guess I'm giving it a nine because I'm a fan. So and for fair fans, enough. it's totally a nine for a fan. I don't think it's, I don't think I would even want to touch it as a movie. I'm going to watch it again though, because there were several bits in it that I really, really enjoyed. And I'd like to enjoy them again. Interestingly, this is the second week in a row we've talked about a film that's an origin story. And I want to also say, even though this is, again, yeah, origin story, even though the, this is um, um, something that's from contemporary, very recent, the last 15 years, 20 years, I don't see it as very different. And I don't think it's sad to want to go and create a story with beloved characters. Um, mm, that's yeah. why we have King Arthur over and over and over again. It's why we have um, sure. Sherlock Holmes over and over and over again. Now, that may not be your cup of tea, but in general, there's a real compulsion to yeah. see how someone else treats. A sure, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I think yeah. the, the problem is that uh, the history of television has yeah. shown us that they just can't resist milking every idea <laughs> for every last greasy buck they can, yeah. even when <laughs> even when they know it's long past. It's time to to put it yeah. out of the pasture. I, That's I the problem. And it's not the characters. Right. And I don't feel that was an issue with this. I don't think it was just milking money. I think it was for fun. Well, that could be. Well, I think it was worth seeing Michael Gandolfini for yes, sure. Yes, it was. I, I, yeah. I really enjoyed. Yeah, you know, you know what really I thought the best, the best scene in the whole film was? Oh, what? When um, he was sitting in his guidance counselor's office Yes. having the conversation with his guidance counselor. Yeah. And it was just like talking to his psychiatrist totally. many years later, right? Totally. But it shows me again that there was a kind of a bullshit to Tony Soprano because first of all, he knew his mom had depression and was afraid to spend the money on the medicine. So it's bullshit that he thought he went into that. This is more, more of his con art thing because, yes. which is good though to know because it's the developing character. There he was talking to his counselor and he acted like he was some kind of virgin of, of therapy when he went to see the doctor in the Sopranos, you know, by the zeros. Um, it also, did you notice that Christopher also said he wished he had been born at a different time. And the first half hour of the first season of the Sopranos, Tony Soprano says, I always feel like I was born in the wrong time. Oh, yeah. And I should, you know, the older guys had it better than we did. Yeah. Yeah. Right, referring to what I would call end of empire. Um, uh, the Sopranos is about end of empire crashing too. And then Christopher also said that he wished he had been born before the Rico. Yeah. And I just thought that was really funny that it's obvious that they wrote that similarly in a similar desire. Sure. Oh, that that, that those murder scenes though, they were they were intense. They were really stressful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, we watched um, another kind of crime movie. And uh, yes. I don't know if you had a chance to watch Out of the Past. 
Oh, shoot. I forgot. I thought we were going to talk about that on a whole episode. So we're going to talk about that in a different okay. day. Yes. But let's, let's, let's just tell, tell our listeners yeah. that we are going to talk about Out of the Past, which is a right. 1947 noir with, yeah. um, with Robert Mitchum uh-huh. and Jane. Um, oh, what's her name? Russell? Wyatt? My goodness, I blanked out on the name Jane of this Wyatt actress. Jane Wyatt or Jane Russell? They're no, neither. neither. No. Um, uh, Kirk Douglas, Rhonda Fleming. Uh, <laughs> is it, it's Jane Greer. Jane oh, Greer Jane is Greer. the actress. Okay. I don't know how I blanked out on that. <laughs> it's probably because I have incomprehensible notes. Yeah, okay. I've done those too. Uh, directed by... Directed by... Um, well, we're going to talk about that on another day. We're yeah. not even going yeah. to go there today. Okay, because... don't go there because I am going to watch it. Maybe a couple of our listeners will watch it. We'll have it out next week or so. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I just continue... I just lost track of it. I would have watched it the other night. I forgot, actually. We've uh, we've continued on with uh, that other um, uh, dying American dream, oh. uh, end of empire story, American Rust. How's it going? Well, we almost gave up on it because there was like a really bad episode. Oh, you know, sometimes in a series, yes. there'll be many good episodes and then they'll why throw one in that it's like, why? Why did you even do this? <laughs> like, because yeah. you already had the catering here. Like, I don't yeah. understand. Um, so, I mean, there were some bad episodes, but um, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, it looks like mayor of east town and it smells like mayor of east town oh um except that um jeff daniels doesn't look the same as kate winslet but they're uh-huh. the similar sorts of characters in a way you know they're morally conflicted in a way uh they have personal issues um they, they live in a town in pennsylvania where there's lots of drug problems uh-huh. where um where the steel the, the steel making towns throughout this valley, they're all abandoned mills. Um, you know, very, very much a, a, a dying American yeah. dream story. Um, it's well done, um, but I don't think it's, it's great. I don't think it's as good as Mayor, Mayor of Easttown. And I'm not going to say that this one, this one was rushed in to take advantage of that because I, I, I understand that this was in the works for a while. Isn't it strange though that it's it's odd when two pieces come out like that that are so similar to each other? They're similar in in a lot of ways. The the yeah. taste of them is similar, you like, know. And part of it is um, they're set in in this environment of industrial decay, right? Right, which is becoming an increasingly uh, popular <laughs> uh, thematic backdrop uh, yes. <laughs> in, in American television. I think, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it at some point. Um, can you tell me anything else about it? Or did well, you sure. get the whole season? We haven't seen a whole season yet. Um, they've only, I think, released uh, four or five episodes, and we're all caught up. Okay. Uh, it's based on a novel um, that was quite acclaimed by um, uh, Philip Meyer, I think his name is. Um I can tell you, yeah, there's four episodes streamed so far. And I think there's, they're going to do nine. Um, there's, um, 
there's a policeman who has a drug problem okay. and he finally gets um he finally gets fired by the Jeff Daniels character and um at some point later on um he gets murdered oh. and the um the prime suspect is the son of the woman that the Jeff Daniels character is in love with oh and so he has to decide if he's going to do anything oh. that might be morally gray area or red zone uh to help this kid or not oh. so he's really testing his own um metal his own self a little bit like your honor too yeah yeah a little bit yeah. like that yeah. yeah it's funny it, it's uh it seems like it's a set of themes that are in the air in a way. Yeah. And then last night, Sheila said, everyone at her work is watching the Squid Game. We oh, have yeah. to watch the Squid Game. Yes. I yeah. never even heard of it. I knew nothing about this. Well, it just started. Like It just was released here like a week ago. Have you seen any of it yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you, so it's, I it's wasn't a, going to. I saw it on Netflix and I thought, oh, I wouldn't watch that in a million years. But once you start me. watching, you cannot stop. No, I couldn't stop. It's amazing. And not only can't you stop, as you're watching it, it's so brutally violent. You think, uh -huh. why am I watching this gratuitous, brutal <laughs> violence? But you can't stop. It's really wow. a strange thing they have going on. Well, I think it's the science fiction part of it that's so interesting too, right? It compels you. So it seems to be Korean, mm -hmm. and we've got a, a main character who knows lots of other people who also gamble. He's a gambler. It seems like the whole city gambles. Yes, but he's, he's a really like, bad gambler. And he's he a bad is, gambler. And it turns out there's he and 455 <laughs> other people are in really, really bad financial shape, shape and they get- For different reasons, yeah. Yes. And they get approached by this guy who challenges them to a children's game and tells them he's going to give them a lot of money if they win, but he loses and they all lose and yeah. they don't have any money to pay the debt. Right. And the guy says, that's okay. We can take it out on your body. I'll take off a hundred thousand for every slap. Right. And so right away, you know, this is really this uh, you sit up and, and add attention at this point. Like, yes. what the heck is going on here? Yes. And the guys all win some money and yeah. then they get invited to play this other game. And that's where the heart of the movie is. Yeah. And it's or the movie, the series. So it's like you're transported into a video game in a way. It is. And it's like Isher and Bubblegum Candy world where things are cartoony everyone's dressed in track suits that match oh, um, yes. they're walking on that escher stairwell the repeating stairwell for a while i don't know why why they're doing that maybe i must have missed something was that to hypnotize them or to oh, get I, them i i don't know but it's there's like the <laughs> well, they're looking for the deal. shower when you go off to play this game they right. gas you and you wake up in a bed in, in a this game room and the you bed know. is like um it's like a, a matrix of beds. It is like the matrix. Yeah, I thought that too. Um, yeah, you, they're all like a, a dorm room, but on steroids. 
like 400 beds in a gymnasium. And, and then they go outside and play um, red light, green light. And green light means you get to run. And if you run, you want to cross the pink line, I think. Yeah, so you, you have to cross the finish line before a time is up. So they go green light and this robotic doll head turns away and then she turns around. And if you're moving when she says red light, she shoots you. Yes. And, yes, and joke, I mean, even if you move a little bit, you get yeah. shot. Oh yeah, if your hair blows in the wind. And so there's dozens of people getting blown away. Um, and there's these other dudes who are wearing red like Spider-Man outfits. And in place of a face, they have a circle or a square or a triangle. And yes. they all have jobs that they have to do. Yeah, they like, so like, like carry away the people who are eliminated right. or do right. some shooting themselves. Yes. It's it is really, really weird. And but then there's oh, oh, so go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, you do it. Okay. What's even weirder is they managed to get out of there. Yeah. They managed to convince yeah. the gamers. That, that they should be able to take a vote. And if the majority wants to stop the game, they should stop the game. And mm -hmm. so they do. And by one vote, they stop the game. Mm -hmm. And off everyone goes to their lives. But their lives are worse than the game, it seems. Because most of them come back for war. Yeah. And um, every now and then while they're having, they're playing this game with different rules, it's sort of like Survivor. and rollerball or something, right? It's, it's sort of like that. Um, we don't know if there's a, a huge audience watching, but there's definitely an audience of one watching. Of one. Yeah, there's one guy you see the back of his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's having a drink and he wears gloves, so we don't even see their hands. Could be a woman. We don't see anything. Yeah. It's just this person. I had this weird feeling, but it, it's impossible, but they, they all have a number from one to 456. I think that's the number anyway. And number one, he's an older man and he's very good at the game, but he has a brain tumor. So he doesn't, he kind of feels like it's better than nothing. It's better than dying that he plays this game. But I wondered if he might not be the guy in the booth, but he can't be the guy in the booth because he's playing the game. Oh, you're thinking like the prisoner. Yeah, because it is kind Whereas of Whereas like you that. are number six, but really he was number one. It's not unlike the prisoner in general. Yeah. It's, yes, in a way, it is a lot like the, the prisoner, isn't it? The confined, the confined space, the mind games, the gaslighting. Yeah, it's terrible. And but I can't stop watching. Along the way, you start to get to know the characters as yeah. well. And there's really, really interesting characters. There's yeah. um, the protagonist, I guess you might say, is a chauffeur and gambling addict. Yep. There's his friend who's a financial fraudster. Yep. There's a North Korean defector. Yep. There's and, and the fellow you mentioned uh, who had the brain tumor. Yep. There's the gangster with the gambling debts. Yeah, and the big tattoo on his face. Um, yes. The, the, is that a snake going around his neck, I think? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, the foreign worker from, from Pakistan whose employer hasn't paid him, him, in, him in a year. Yeah. Um, there's a mysterious woman who claims to be a poor single mom. And there's a police officer who mm. snuck into the game um, as one of the guys in the red Spider-Man outfits. And yeah, he's it. looking for his missing brother. I love it. I think that's really made the show really compelling. At first, I didn't like it. The first 20 minutes, I was like, oh, I don't know if I feel like watching this. 
next thing I know is like, oh, now we have a movie. <laughs> now we have a show. It's well, very it's, interesting. It's very tense. It's very yeah. exciting. It's yeah. very savage. And, you yeah. know, the casualness of the brutality um, reminds me very much of those games like uh, video games like i don't know i know half-life is one of them but there's a zillion of them where um where you casually kill off the bad guys or the aliens or whatever it is in the game with all kinds of different weapons um with no compassion or care about anything except blowing them away right uh and they just become eliminated from the game and it's very much the same feel except that you see these people are suffering and dying and uh, yeah. and it, it's horrible. I know. I wonder why they kill them. I mean, I just don't see the advantage to that. Well, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he wants it to be very much like the video games that he plays. Yeah. And the games, no. the games that they take part in are very, very simple children's games that sure. were popular um, some probably popular here too, but popular in, in Korea. Um, we just, the last one that we watched last night was the second round um, that involved the candy. Mm. Mm. Um, I didn't see that one yet. Um, having the game is um, everyone has a block of candy and they each have to decide before the game starts and they don't know anything about the game. Um, mm-hmm. which of the four symbols they want a oh. circle, a square, a um, triangle, yeah. maybe there's five, a star, and or a uh, umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out the game is you have to you have a this your symbol in a drawn into, into candy, and you have to separate the candy from the shape without yeah. it breaking. And if it breaks, you're eliminated. You're eliminated. Oh, God. It's just crazy. Uh, yes. Yes. So and of it, course, our it, protagonist, not knowing what the game is, picks umbrella. So well, you can I, imagine I circle is I, a lot easier to. I would have guessed umbrella because there was an umbrella scene in, in like the second episode when he goes to the wife's house and, and his daughter lives there and he gra- there's an umbrella confrontation between them. So I'm not surprised that he grabs an umbrella. You know the, the the new father, her husband, his her new his ex wife's husband comes out to him in the rain with an umbrella, yes. and then his daughter comes out, and the camera goes right on the umbrella in the foyer. So That's I'm not right. surprised that he picked an umbrella. There's going to be some kind of thematic thing there. Interesting. Apparently, the director spent a really really long time writing the first couple episodes. Oh, interesting. Um, getting yeah. them right. Yeah. Well, they do spend a lot of time getting, helping us get to know the people and get used to the environment. And I mean, it's pretty well done. It's really well done. At first, oh, I didn't yeah. get that, but it grows on you and you're just how they conceived of this game. Well, and, the and, they're, and they're very much in, in an environment, which is like a game environment. It right? really and it feels the, like they're in a game. Yes. And also the cop everyone knows it's illegal and wrong what they're doing. So it's some kind of weird underground thing to think that just one person is involved in this is kind of weird. So last week we talked about a number. Yeah. Um, that number was? 
117. 117. Um, yeah. Did you notice who player 117 was? I did not. Was he from uh, our friend's movies? I don't know. It just occurred to me now that we'd better find out. I know. I was looking for 117 for about five minutes. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> and you then haven't, I, then you I thought, found that person yet. Stop. But the numbers were very, I was really locked into the numbers every time they showed them. I was like freaking out. And of Oh, that reminded me. They also showed in um, the Many Saints of Newark that little bit about the numbers, um, which is uh, a gambling game in uh, in Chicago and the South Side, and obviously in Newark. I thought that was really cool. It just reminded me of that. But yes. yeah, I was looking at yeah. the num. Yeah, I was looking at the numbers and wondering because zero zero one. I was like, this is the oldest guy in the game, and he's number one. How did this happen? Yes, you have to figure there's no coincidences, right? Totally. Totally. And and why, I mean, why aren't other people playing this game? Why is it like so moralistic that if you owed money and you were fraudulent or a criminal? So in a weird way, it's like they're not going to prison, but they are in prison. And they're being yes. punished. Oh, and there's also a substantial amount of money to be won, apparently. I don't know if they're really going to yes, give it. Yes, it's all money. sitting in a... In a ball floating above the game area right, with giant, enough cash that more cash than anyone would need in 10 lifetimes. Yeah. And a giant see-through round pig. Yes. It's a piggy bank, yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know what else it reminded me of so far is Fight Club. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, the fact that they keep coming back. Yeah. That's what's like Fight Club. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. And I'm I'm really curious to see where this goes. And that's really funny that I bet, it, I, I think it's number one on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Um, and if it doesn't get banned for the um, the outrageous violence, it'll uh -huh. continue to be number one. Yeah. Because it's so strangely compelling, even if it you is. have to turn your head away at times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they don't, they don't, they like purposely show you who gets killed. Camera's oh, right on them. Oh, yeah. And plus, um, the the guys in the red outfits, mm -hmm. well, it's not like it's the good guys and the bad guys or the players and the administrators. Right. The guys, they're just employees. Yeah. If they have rules they have to follow, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we learn that if their face is seen, they die. Right. I think it's going to be very cool with the, the cop in there. And, uh, yes, I can't wait to see what, what happens. There's what only happened. nine episodes in this season. It's unknown if there will be a second season. True. Um, the guy's asked, been asked about it, who created it, and yeah. he's basically said, well, there's stuff we could do. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. He doesn't seem to have anything in the bag. or Okay, really... so it, it was conceived as a miniseries, then. Yes. All right. Yes, and I think it was shopped around to other places, um, and Netflix started buying more uh, so-called foreign movie material yes. because they were having good success with it, yeah. uh, and so they they picked this up, and it's uh, it's really their runaway hit. Yeah, yeah. So I highly recommend it to anyone, um, unless you just can't handle yeah. the violence. In well, which the case violence is is really bad, but remember, it's fake. And yes. um, just squibs of, of colored water and um, hidden under their clothes. And um, I think it's going to be worth it. I, I, you know, obviously Eugene and I are only partway through because it hasn't been, we haven't, we haven't made it through the whole 
miniseries. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's totally worth it. And it, it's it's a mysterious sci-fi action drama. Right? And right. it's really got a lot to give. I mean, I, I love it. You know, and, and the cinematography is really good. It asks a lot of questions, you know. What will we do for money? Yes. How first of all, how desperate can money or lack of money make you? What are yeah. what are you willing to do for it? Yeah. And what everyone, is, everyone in the movie seems obsessed with talking about money. And and how does it change you when everything you do has life and death consequences? Mm-hmm. Really? What if what if your simple right. kids games, the simplest games, have yeah. life and death consequences? That's why underneath it all, it's really disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it really isn't, you know, a hard game. They're not playing poker or anything. Oh, no, the games are really, really simple. Yeah. Um, it's just that none of them realize how strict the rules are. Yeah. And what eliminated really means. Right. Yeah, I guess they do now. So, you know, I, I mean, there's more people killed in the first couple episodes than <laughs> um, even the most violent movies you could have, even a Marvel movie. More than Deadwood. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Deadwood didn't have that many murders, just a lot of swearing. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really cool. And um, yeah, it makes me hungry for Westworld too, because Westworld is kind of, it's a game and mm-hmm. it's, only humans can't be killed, but it's super violent. I mean, Westworld is probably the tie to Squid Game. And I wonder if they were inspired by Westworld because they that's really did try to um, make a science fiction. I mean, that's the other part where it feels contemporary, but secret and wrong and futuristic. Except yeah. that the, you know, the Squid Game, it could happen without any technology too. It can, except for guns. Yes, guns. So efficient to kill with guns. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it I mean, a lot of technology, right? I think having the video game format is really handy and puts it squarely in yeah. in our time and in certain generations. Yeah. I wonder how people who grew up as gamers. Yeah. Um, react to this film compared to people of our generation yeah except that you you were playing games in your 20s i played uh, um, a little I played, just a I little played bit. all those games in bars that were video games and uh, i did Batman and all that i didn't I, I played a little bit of half-life and that was really it i didn't play yeah, yeah. any of those those sorts of games yeah yeah i don't know i think i think i think I think it'll appeal to them because it's it's like rollerball. Rollerball was made without any video games at the time. And it's, you know, it's like the Coliseum. It's like gladiators. They're Did basically, you ever see the, the sequel to Rollerball? The one with um, LL Cool J? Maybe. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't remember who was in it. I remember it being yeah, loads of fun. It was loads of fun, and it's where it's got that great opening sequence on, um, like, a luge, but on the streets of San Francisco, if I remember correctly, where they're, um, he's on a, a surfboard, but it's a skateboard lying down like a luge. Does LL Cool J still do music at all, or is he only an actor now? I don't know. I think he's just doing acting. I haven't heard any new music from him, but I could be wrong. Hmm. 
Yeah, yes, I mean, he was yet. he was doing it at one time, right? He was. I, know. He was I mean, he was really doing it. He wasn't, you know. Yeah, he's multi multi talented entertainer. Yeah, All and charming. Um, and charming. Well, ladies love him. Yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah. <laughs> That's what LL is for. <laughs> ladies love. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned folk music earlier. Well, one day when I was painting, I hadn't listened to well, for quite a long time. Remember, we both talked about Folklore by Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I put it on the other day and was struck again what a brilliant album it is. Yeah, it still holds up for you. It, oh, my God. It was just amazing. And it felt like an old friend. So, it, it, you know, I knew all the, the words and everything. It was just really a rewarding experience. It, it really holds up. And what a great what a great album that was. It's kind of funny. You know, I find most of my listening time these days because I'm really working hard at learning yeah. fiddle and a particular, not just any fiddle, but a particular kind of style of fiddle. Right. Um, I found that I immersed myself in that music. And so I'm all the time listening to uh old fiddle music and i think that that's necessary to really be able to oh, learn yeah, to so play true. it but it also you know separates me in a way from all kinds of other music i might otherwise be listening yeah to. yeah yeah no it makes sense to really you got to immerse yourself in it hey uh, there's a new season of the great british baking show oh is it really Ah. Do they still have the same um, judges and everything? They have Noel Fielding and the other guy, I forgot his name, the comedian. And then they have Prue and Paul. So they had changed probably about four seasons ago. Okay. New host and one new judge. So those those are still the same. Those are, They've been the same for the last four years four seasons or whatever anyway it's really really good oh i'm sure it is <laughs> you know so i think a lot of shows are trying to adopt the same kind of softer reality show format that yeah. that that show really developed and mastered yes. Yes. uh and but they they really they figured it out they yeah, figured it out i think because a it it's not about greed it's not about really oh i'm gonna win a lot of right. stuff i mean nobody right. really cares about that they'd like to win but yeah. they're going to be damn nice and polite about it. I know. I love it. And they care you know, about each other. They respect they do. each other baking. And also with baking, you know how it can screw up, even if you've made it 10 times. Yes. You could leave the bananas out of your banana bread. Yeah. You know, I, I don't these <laughs> do days. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember that. I, I do remember that. It wasn't my finest hour. No, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's easy to do that. And I don't know why I'm laughing because I do things like that all the time and or I go to the store to make stuff and I forget the one ingredient I need um yeah and they feel good plus what they want is they want to stay on the show and keep baking that's really what they want yes so of they course eat, they're just mad that they're not on the show with and they made new friends and also you know what that intense um atmosphere is like it's like art school where it's so intense you see each other all day long yes and yes, that it's, it's competitive but it's also affectionate, which yes, is really, exactly. it makes it kind of delightful. Because yeah. what are they doing? They're making sweets. They're making sweets. They're making bakes. They're bakes. Right? 
<laughs> and you know everybody's really charming yes. um, but it's I think it's a formula that's hard to replicate yeah. and we've seen them for instance try the great Canadian baking show and when I watched it I thought it was pretty good it's well it's watchable it just <laughs> feels artificial like they're oh. really trying way way too hard to give it the same flavor and character as the british one but right. um they just can't finesse it in the same way yeah well it really takes also the competitors are so their personalities are really they make the show too that's no. true and maybe but in the canadian the one they they didn't understand the the um the right bakers to get maybe they should have gone after bakers who were more into baking and less into competition yeah i think that's important yeah but i did like it i i did like it i didn't you know i mean the british one is just cozy it's so cozy that's exactly it yeah it feels good it's like it's like you're eating their desserts so it's tough to beat and then the cute little accents and everything and their little british flags and the beautiful <laughs> setting it's hard to beat but the canadian one that was on um the set of um that's at the film school where they filmed that in oh, toronto yeah. i think wasn't it on the norman jewison's film school that may very well be i yeah, don't know i think it was i think it is it was well, pretty, now that you're saying it now that you're saying it i do remember reading or hearing something about yeah, that yeah yeah um, I can't get the Canadian one here. And I couldn't get the British one when I was in Canada. That seems unfair. Oh, no, I could. I could. But I can't get the Canadian one here on Netflix. So I watched it when I was there. <laughs> I haven't done any baking myself. I haven't done any baking in, in, in ages because, yeah. you know, when um when i was away on my canoe trip i had um uh, lost a little bit of weight uh, uh out there portaging and i thought well i'm on a roll i'll try to try to continue to eat really yeah. extra healthy yeah. and um so i've dropped another dozen pounds oh fantastic uh, i'm really trying to uh to wow. live a healthy lifestyle what are you guys having a lot of salad and stuff a lot of salad some soups yeah um snacks will be some fruit and yogurt like yeah. things like frozen strawberries and fat-free yogurt yeah. wow i'm good with that yeah sounds delicious good for you i i think i've probably lost eight pounds this week painting last week wow just sweating just sweating and also at first i was really you know i remember i was really out of shape when i went back to bartending i was like how am i going to do this ever again after that quarantine and now this is probably the most exercise i've done you know, in, in this whole year and a half and I got my win back. So that's good. I don't feel tired in the same way I did the first couple of days and it feels good. And I had lost a lot of weight sweating. <laughs> right on. It's so odd. I guess, I guess the house is starting to look really, um, really good. Yes. Well, the work everyone's in, in their bedrooms, everyone moved into their bedrooms and, um, you know, it's a little bit of a cozy situation here because you know, I'm staying with them. So it, it is kind of a little bit like art school where you wake up and you see each other all day. <laughs> I mostly stay busy just obsessing about painting. Um, I've done a hallway. I'm doing the kitchen cupboards right now. And um, 
I don't know. There may even be a mural involved. Wow. Sure. That would be yeah. fun. Yeah, that would be fun. It'd be a lot of fun. So, you know. Excellent. So are you getting, are you getting a chance to get out and about uh, much um, in, uh, yeah. in Clarksville? So we did go, we did go down for dinner at a place called Strawberry Alley. And it's, it's, there's not a lot of, um, there's a lot of chains and um, franchises here. There's not a lot of individual um, mm. restaurants, not like Nashville. Um, but this place was amazing. I really loved it. It's a distillery. Uh, it's a brewery. I didn't have any beer, but you can order flights and it's right downtown in Clarksville. I think I mentioned last week that they haven't screwed up the buildings in downtown. It's preserved. It's even if there's lawyers renting them, at least it's kept its original buildings. They're not knocking them down and putting up crap. Um, they're keeping the, so it's got a very charming feel downtown. And this is a, like a warehouse that was right downtown and the menu was incredible. I, uh, we had something, the best thing I had steak free. But um, we had an appetizer, fried green tomatoes with a pimento cheese, really mm. good. But what stole the show was this um, egg roll. And the egg roll was like fusion of Mexican and, oh, you're and Asian. Me. Oh, so good. I, I should have written down what it was. Uh, I didn't take a picture or anything, but it was amazing with like a, a jalapeno ranch. It was so good that when I woke up in the morning, I just wanted to go and eat more of it. It was so amazing. I may have to take a run down there tomorrow <laughs> just to so take Clark, it home. Clarksville uh, to Nashville. Is that like Toronto to Barrie? Yes, it is. It's about 45 minutes if it's not bad traffic, but the okay. traffic is pretty heavy. So I, I did drive to Nashville last week. To the, the closest Trader Joe's and Whole Foods is in Nashville. So I made it. I'm you know, still finding Trader Joe's products in our cupboards <laughs> from your last visit. Oh yeah, that's right. I love my Trader Joe's. So I did make an emergency run to Nashville to get some supplies. And um, it was Sunday and it was very bad traffic. So it took about an hour and 13 minutes to get to the store and an hour to get back. Um, it's, it, I wonder if, there's, if this is a bedroom community for Nashville. I don't know. I also was surprised. I assumed it was going to look like the suburbs all the way to Nashville, but it was like wild wilderness. It was like forest. So it's a it's a really foresty 45 minutes away. Well, that's interesting. I, it is I didn't interesting. know that. Yeah. So, you know, um, Nashville is really, really grown. It's not the same as it was when you and I first went there with Stag and Sheila. Um, and, you know, I was there, well, I was there last week. <laughs> and I was there, what, in June? Yes. And, and then spent a lot of time there two years ago. It's really, really developed. It's very, very busy. Is that because there's more guitar pickers or yep, yep. is it really? I think so. And more tourists. It's now like instead of going to New Orleans, you might go to Nashville. Well, um, I know there's always been people who are the country music aficionados who want to go to the Opry. Right. But this is more like if you're getting it used to be that in New Orleans, you'd get lots of bridesmaids parties, like wedding parties. Now it's Nashville. Really? Yep, it's been like that for about 10 years. So you got white girl wasted on the streets, you know? <laughs> Just girls going wild before they get married. Oh, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I heard that happens. Clean, but it's pretty cute. You know, um, it, it, it is a destination, though, for that sort of event or 40th birthday parties. I mean, New Orleans really got a lot of that in the past, and now Nashville is getting a lot more. 
Um, there's a convention center being built in Clarksville right now. And I think that's really gonna change everything. Um, I think there'll be more restaurants in the future and more services. Uh, it's a little bit tough when you know you wanna go and get some, yeah. check out some fun food and you can't find anything. If a lot of people in in, Clark, in Clarksville actually work in Nashville, then uh, they might also be going to restaurants in Nashville. That's true, and I, I don't I don't know if that's the case, but I was wondering if it was the case. However, there's just tons of people who they're they're going to be perfectly fine going to Outback or you know Olive Garden and stuff like that. Sure. And not, you know, it may not be my cup of tea, but definitely, obviously, people love those restaurants because they're doing very well. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just prefer to go get something different. Well, in, in general, I my preference is to go to the, the non-corporate restaurant, yeah. you know, and, and support no. the, the mom and pop places where possible. I should see it. Now, there's a couple more places. There's a barbecue place I want to check out. And then, oh, there was somewhere else that looked really nice. Um, the, so the place we went to the other night, they also have an upstairs at uh, Strawberry Alley, upstairs where it's more like a bar and they have a completely different menu. I'm assuming it's gonna be more bar food, you know, burgers mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, we went downstairs and it was really, really nice. Really liked it. I mean, I think Clarksville is super cute. Very quiet though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> big difference from chicago <laughs> well i'm i'm sure i mean yeah. especially if it is really a bedroom community yeah apparently a lot of people come here to retire so there you go yeah, okay yeah so it could be that lunchtime and four o'clock are very very hot times to go to the restaurant <laughs> All right. anyway, so i did get to go out and i haven't done much else that was it cracker barrel you can get that on any highway <laughs> really any highway in america really pretty much but they do make a damn fine turnip green and uh big too and fried okra really did good. i tell the story on this podcast <laughs> about the waitress at the cracker barrel in battle creek i don't know I well don't you know it's right good now, enough that i'm going to tell it remember. anyway okay so we we were going probably to visit you and stag yeah. And we were we were driving to Chicago and we stopped in Battle Creek at the Cracker Barrel for lunch. <laughs> and the waitress's name, I believe, was Debbie. Maybe okay. I should maybe I should change the name. The waitress's name was no, I've already done it. So maybe <laughs> I remembered it wrong and it isn't Debbie. Yeah. yeah. So her name okay. may or may not be Debbie. So there's, there's probably a uh, lot of Debbie's working at Cracker Barrel. Yeah. So anyway, we sit down in the Cracker Barrel and, and our waitress comes up and, and says hi uh my name is whatever her name was right and i'm here i'll be your waitress tonight and um i think one of us said oh that's great how are you doing and she said well i'll tell you and she proceeded in telling us this like really long story oh. about um she broke up with her husband they split okay. up and he kept calling her and bugging her because the one thing that he wanted was his favorite chair. <laughs> okay. All he wanted was his favorite chair. She could keep everything else. And she was so ticked off with him for whatever 
bad right. crap he did that yep. she said fine you can have the chair come pick it up tomorrow at whatever time one o'clock oh, right? no. and at like quarter two she doused it with gasoline and <laughs> lit it on fire now imagine we just stopped in for lunch and, and asked our waitress how she was and we're hearing this story about her um. torching her ex-husband's favorite chair Wow, that does seem like oversharing. It, <laughs> a little bit. It was a very memorable Cracker Barrel, though. Oh, my God. It might have been so my funny. first Cracker Barrel experience. And right. now whenever I go into one, I'm kind of <laughs> expecting something special. Yeah. Yeah, the Debbie chair burner. <sighs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, our server at Cracker Barrel was Jade, and she was really fabulous. And then our server at um, Strawberry Alley was John, and he was super entertaining. And we found out lots about the town. Found out lots about the town. So, I mean, that's one great thing that servers are great. You know, when you've got a, a, a great person serving, you can ask them all questions about where you live and what's happening. And their <laughs> ex-husbands. And their ex-husband. They, ex they can tell you stuff, you know. She was you know, really an excellent server. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had no issue. And the story was fascinating. So... You know, for the folks at Cracker Barrel out there, you know, she was doing her job and she was entertaining us too. It was great. Wow, that's great. Um, a lot of people we've been talking to have, aren't from here. They moved here. Huh, and that's, that's kind interesting. of interesting too. Same in Vegas. Vegas, I expect that though. Tons of people moved to Vegas. And a lot of people moved to Vegas in the last few months because of the pandemic to get to the warm weather. Just like oh, okay. in yeah, Florida. Sure. When we were in Florida and, and driving south before, lots of people evacuated the north because at least in the warm weather, you can go outside and you're not stuck inside with a pandemic. But well, here, yeah, yeah, there's something to that, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and of course, the other side of the same coin is you go down to Florida where they also had really high infection rates. Well, true, true, true. Hopefully they figure that out. Yeah, I guess it's a bit of a trade-off. And that would be from maybe not being careful inside public spaces. But yeah. you're probably okay at the beach or in, you know, in your backyard. You can get outside. Whereas so many people in the South City didn't have that. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's what we're doing. I mean, you know, um, we've got the TV set up a couple of days ago. I got my computer set up a couple of days ago because we got Wi-Fi. So that's actually made it very relaxing in the evenings now because for a whole week we didn't have anything except our phones. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's good to be able to go and watch a movie after a hard day's painting. <laughs> well, yeah. Watch the great sure. British baking show. That's and perfect after a hard day's work. Perfect. I think. It really is. It really is. And um, I think I told you I got some business cards sent here, so I'm going to try and put them all around Clarksville and Nashville. Perfect. I plan on going to, um, to Knoxville at some point, too, maybe next week. Oh, they definitely plan. need some business cards. They do. They do. They just don't I'll, know it yet. No. I'll see what how many public washrooms I can find. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's not where our audience is. <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe Although not. we did get one public washroom response, didn't we? Right, right. But I don't know if she's still listening. If you are, thanks. <laughs> it's awesome that she emailed us, though. I think it is. Business card in a public washroom in Venice, Florida. <laughs> well, I would have emailed too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think you would have listened to the podcast if you found it. 
I would, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I'm feeling like I'm trying to think if there's, oh, there's cats here too. I've got two cats that are in the house. They oh, yeah. hate each other. So it makes for a lot of adventure keeping them apart. And, um, but it's nice to have cats around. One of our cats, Joxy. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, you know the story. Joxy I, was yeah. Jacques. He came uh -huh. as Jacques and Sheila adopted uh, a, a Jacques um, <laughs> and uh, did not get Gilles, his brother. Okay. Right, because it was Jacques and Jill went up Jacques the hill. And Jill, yeah. Right. So, I like um, that. yeah. So we call him Joxy because um, Sheila had an aunt who immediately called Jock Jocks, <laughs> and we of course jumped all over that, and then <laughs> um, and then Jocks became Joxy. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, he has some infected paw pads. Ooh. Yeah, we don't know what what the cause is, Aww. but um, there was this kind of black gunky stuff around the some of some of the um, nails. So yeah. we took him to the vet, and uh, the vet gave him a, an antibiotic shot, but also yeah. gave him a small course of prednisone. Okay. Um, so you're forcing that in. We have to pill Doxy. <laughs> Who is the strongest cat that maybe yeah. has ever oh, lived <laughs> and has the sharpest teeth oh, and, and nails. And I first really couple of times we had to do it, I got cut up. Um, as long as you don't get bit. Oh, I, I kind of got bit. Ooh. Anyway, um, I decided because the last <laughs> time I got a fairly a fairly good deep scratch yeah. uh, that I might see if I could get some of that do you know the product called Carlisle tuna for cats? No. <laughs> what it is. Sounds really bougie. Well, it's, you know, when they process tuna for humans. Yes. All the parts that don't get into the human tuna can. Oh. Get ground up and they go into Carlisle. So. Ooh, that sounds really We good. call it and everyone we know calls it <laughs> stinky tuna. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's stinky, but cats yeah. go crazy for it. So uh -huh. we have it every now and then as a treat. And <laughs> I had this idea and this, <laughs> this idea came about after the last time my thumb got all oh. scratched open. Um, the idea was I would get some Carlisle and I think he has four or five more, more pills and he's, he's down to every other day as yeah. we're weaning him back off of this. Um, I'm crushing the pill and I'm burying it in stinky tuna. Oh God. Which he loves stinky tuna. And is he eating it? He's eating it. Oh, perfect. This is twice now. He oh, ate, good. he ate everything, all the pill. Didn't give me any <laughs> grief. I'm not yeah. getting scratched up. Good. I didn't even try that at first because usually they know and they just look yes. at you like you stupid human. What do you yeah. think? You think yeah. we don't know? We know. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't care as long as it's got the chin on it. Yes, he, that's exactly it. Now, Great. it's the same deal with, with George. George has to get um, pills. He gets pills for his allergies. And now he has um, a thyroid medication as well. Oh. Well, to give George a pill, all you need is processed <laughs> cheese slices. It has to be the thick cheese slices. <laughs> the thin processed cheese slices are actually made out of plastic, I think. I don't think they're actually food. <laughs> they, um, they've kind of fused to the plastic, I think. 
Well, if you take the thin slices and you wrap them around the pill, they don't squash down around the pill. They just, <laughs> the cheese just breaks. It's not even real fake cheese. It's like plastic, but you get the thicker slice fake cheese and then you could put the pill in it. And uh, we just have to tell George, you know, here's time for your pill. And he comes running because he knows he's getting cheese. I could yeah. be putting rocks <laughs> in, in thick slices of cheese. And yeah. he, like, he doesn't care he, anything. But on the other hand, Ruby, she's a pill detective. You know, you try to hide it in food or something like right. that. She She's like, hey, hey, what's going on here? I see it. It's right here. You try to fool me. <laughs> you can't can fool me. I'm never going to eat again now. I can't trust you with food. <laughs> Too funny. So that's. Have uh, you crushed it for Ruby? Oh, you just cannot get it past Ruby. She just will not eat anything oh. that that any that prescribed drugs. Right. So, so what do you do? Just push it past your tongue? Well, what I do you know, I, first of all, I tried forcing open um, her mouth <laughs> and, and getting it down her throat before she bit my hand off. Right. Um, and then I talked to her and I said, look, we have to do this. <laughs> I'm just going to open up your mouth, but I'm doing it with one finger. And I put one finger on her bottom jaw and she opens up her mouth and I pop the pill in and she swallows the pill. Oh, wow how she oh, figured it out charmer. it's it is like a light switch went on <laughs> and she realized this there doesn't have to be grief i'll just he wants me to open my mouth he'll pop the pill in i'll swallow and i'll probably get a treat life is good right <laughs> so that's what we do but if yeah. i try to fool her and hide it in something it's like i'm going on strike i'll never eat again oh my gosh <laughs> yeah exactly she doesn't like to mix her foods. Too cute. The worst was when was when um, one of the cats got Jardia. Okay. And I don't know how that happened, but the vet said you have to treat all of your cats. Oh. And the the treatment is to get this milky substance and squirt it down their throats. Yeah. And we're doing this with oh. several cats. Yeah. It was not good. No. No. It was Major enough to rebellion. make me say, I'll never get another cat. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. What happened later on that I got more cats? I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. Our oldest now, Shadow, we think he's 20. Oh, he's a nice cat. He's, he's so a cute. very nice cat. He's the old man. He's my buddy. Yeah. He's uh, Team Eugene all the way. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, there's. Kiki and I think I don't know if it's Missy or Kitty. I I've been calling her Kitty, and they're both they're both elderly cats. They're seniors and they're very sweet. And they one of them is so insane. I'll take a picture. She lays. She's crazy. She lays in the hottest spot in the whole house. I can barely. I'm sleeping in the sunroom, and I can barely come in here in the day. I just want to vomit. It's so hot. And she not only goes in the sun, she has her paws up against plastic. You know, we've got carpets here for moving that are rolled up in plastic, and she goes right in them to sleep. To get like, warm. How can you even stand it? They love it. In our old place, when we lived on Blackthorn, our heat vents were those old school square, 12 inch square heat vents. Oh, yeah. 
and there was one upstairs just outside our bedroom and no heat came in the house through that vent except that was emanated off the cat that was that was completely blocking the vent right like every last bit of heat has to go through the cat and then it can radiate out to the house they love that heat it's insane it is the only way to explain it is they come from a different place I guess that's true. They do come right? from the once, place. once you accept they're from a different galaxy, yeah. you know, they're really running the place. Yes. You just watch. You do what that cat wants, what those cats want, right? Oh, you do. You All do. the time. Right away. We jump for our cats. I started calling Jocks the overlord. Yes. Clearly, he's running us. Oh, God. Too funny. Too cute. So, you have homework. Out of the past. Yep. Out of the past. I guess I'll talk to you soon. We'll be back at you next week. Have fun in Clarksville. Thanks. And thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you all soon.